Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. My name is Eric Kruger. I think if you speak to most people and you ask them about money, what they know about money, the answer might be that the only thing they know about money is they need more of it. And in this episode, John helps us to really relook and reframe our understanding of money and our relationship that we have with it. And it's a great way to approach money. Uh, so this is going to be a really interesting episode for you to listen to. And I hope that you find a ton of value in it. I know that these conversations have definitely helped me. Enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. Um, if you are tuning in today for the first time, uh, my name is Eric. I am one half of the Expansive Podcast team. And on the other side, I have John Sane, my co-host. John, how are you doing, brother? Hello, hello, Eric. Uh, I'm fantastic. Thank you. Sitting in my apartment in Dubai. I'm packed up and ready to fly back to South Africa tonight for a couple of days. And I'm back here again on Friday. But, uh, and I've just come out of a, a minus 130 degree cryo session. Uh, you go in there for three minutes and uh, you always think to yourself, what am I doing to myself around two minutes? Because it's just ridiculously cold, obviously, but I feel energized and I feel alive and uh, fantastic. And any of the listeners who've never tried cryo, definitely check it out. It's got some incredible benefits. And uh, so I think I'm already taller. Mm. Uh, of course. I, I, I thought <laughs> I was going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, no, but having a good day here in um, in Dubai. The weather is uh, 31 degrees, which is cool and mm, winter. Mm. So the beaches are full and uh, the tourists are out in full force. I've I've actually been meaning to get to cryo at some point. It's definitely something I want to try out. Uh, have you done flotation pools where like uh, it's it's not a flotation pool; it's an isolation pool, like where there's just no input. Yeah, you become uh, weightless, invisible, and disappear. Yes, yes, yeah. yes it's yes. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Listen, How many times uh, have you done that, Eric? Dude, there was a, a point where I was doing it quite frequently. Uh, I was trying to get there at least every two or three weeks, and then it sort of tapered off. But I really actually want to get back to it because I found it a deprivation tank. That's the word. That's right. Um, that's I found right, it. Right. I found it so. Um, it, weird, but stimulating, like to be in that environment where there's just no input and it's just you and you can just relax. It was, uh, did wonders you know, so for funny, me. Now that you, now that you're talking about it, this is exactly what the Joe Dispenza meditation does for you. It gets you to dissolve and for you to, to move away from your body and into sort of your, your mind, your mind and then sort of mm. quantum. And so now that you're saying it, I wonder how amazing it would be to do a Joe Dispenza meditation in that flotation or deprivation pool. Wow. You could, how can you, can you double disappear? I guess we'll have to find out. We'll try it. Maybe one of our podcasts will be about that. Listen, dude. So, um, the, the topic for today that I thought we could perhaps speak about is the relationship that we have with money, because it's definitely something that's, uh, that you've gotten me to think about quite a bit. And I always love speaking to you about the topic. And obviously you've gone through your own progression in your relationship with money and to where you are now speaking all over the world, uh, doing well for yourself. I'll let you, you can, you're welcome to expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought it's a great topic to, to talk about a bit today. So maybe yeah, you can cue us up a bit from yeah. there. Yeah, I think it's great. You know, I, I, I was speaking to a friend um, yesterday 
and we were talking about business and we were talking about strategy and what he should do and how he should go about doing it. And then at the end of the talk, I said to him, so tell me about your relationship with money. And he rolled his eyes. And I was like, what do you, why'd you roll your eyes? He says, oh, I've just had such a tumultuous relationship with money my whole life. And I thought to myself, well, every piece of strategy that we've just spoken about is actually useless if you don't have a good relationship with money. And it got me thinking around this concept of most people want to work really hard, get the degrees, do the partnerships, do the networking, but they've got a rotten relationship with money. And, you know, it's, it's the fundamentals of how you perceive this energy form that is a token, in fact. It's just a token that society says, look, we think you've done well here. Here's five tokens for doing so well, or whatever the case may be, or whatever you do and how the sort of the exchange you get from society for what you've done. And so my relationship with money has been tumultuous to say the least, because I come from a single mom family who, bless her, was working incredible hours during the day and in the evening just to put food on the table and put us at school. And that amount of work that she did just got us to survive through the month. And I imagine most of the world's population is in that space, you know, working, working 45 minutes in the traffic every day. And you're working yourself nine, 12, nine, 10, 11 months a year and still just to pay your mortgage, just to pay your kids' school fees. And ultimately, nobody's taught us the skill of relationship with money or the skill of understanding the relationship with money. And so for me, what, what really happened initially was I never wanted to be poor. And so I drove myself and killed myself working ridiculous hours, owning restaurants and retail stores. And, and the whole idea of not wanting to be poor was the worst motivating factor to make money. And I think a lot of people push themselves beyond their comfort zones, not because they're building something, but because they're running away from being poor and embarrassed and shameful that they have the old BMW or they have the old Mazda or their clothes aren't as sharp as they, as they could be or their watch isn't right or whatever the case may be. You know, the kids aren't at the right school or whatever the case may be. And so ultimately, if you are anxious about making money, that is the first place you need to become aware of that that is not a good starting point. You need to be excited about making money. And I did a money course. And in the money course, I became so very clear that in order to attract money into your life, you need to be joyous about money. Now, the word joy, if you had to ask anybody just off the top of their heads, they'll most probably say it's just being happy. But actually, joy is made up of three different words, excitement, Excitement, ease, and love. And when you're feeling excited about something and you're at ease that it's going to be happening and you absolutely love what this thing is, you're joyous about it. And that joy is a magnet. It just brings people, situations, money, and all sorts of levels of abundance, you know? And also we must realize that money isn't the only form of abundance. There's many types of abundance, but ultimately joy attracts all of them. Now, if you look at the opposites of excitement, it's depression. And if you look at the opposite of ease, it's anxiousness. And if you look at the opposite of love, it's fear. So if you're going throughout your day and you're feeling depressed that you don't have enough money, you are feeling anxious that there's not enough money, or if you're feeling fearful that not enough money is going to be coming in, or even worse, that you hate people with money because it comes so easy to them and it doesn't come easy to you. And if you're feeling any one of those three, you cannot bring any amount of money into your life that is in surplus. You'll always bring just enough or just below enough. And so for me, the first thing we want to do and the listeners is really, if you're not feeling excited, ease and love, you are not starting on the right footing. And what I used to do when I first came about this was I started every night for two minutes. I would put an alarm on 
And I would put myself in a state of excitement that money was going to arrive tomorrow. And then the alarm would go off and then I'd put myself in a state of ease that money was going to love to come tomorrow. And then I'd put the idea that I love money. And I think this concept of not loving money, some sort of religious context somehow has gotten into this mindset of society that says, you know, you don't need money. You just need love. Or, and I think to myself, no, actually, if you had more money, you could maybe help more people. You know, it's not about just being bad about it. And you don't have to be thinking of yourself as being bad or greedy, wanting it, you know? So that's the first step. Any questions on that so far? No, you good there? I, I love it. I love it. And I, I think um, we stand in relation to everything around us. And so we stand in relation to money as well. And I think it's it's so... Uh, it's such a good thing to put some emphasis and bring some intentionality to that relationship. And, and I like that you, I like the breakdown of ease, love and excitement because it also gives people a point of awareness because awareness is so difficult when it comes to money. You know, we can look it up our histories and we can go dive into that and say, well, you know, perhaps, um, we never had enough money. And, you know, because of that, I, I'm trying to work harder to make more money, but it becomes kind of convoluted if you always just go dig in your history or it can be. Whereas if you just say, well, here are three measuring sticks. How is your relationship with money in regards to those three things? It's a good point of awareness to start from. So I like that. Uh, continue. Great. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. I Then what I started exploring further into money, and I started realizing that money requires purpose. And money as an energy form needs to be told what you want to do with it. You got to give it purpose. Is it, I'm making this money to do this with. I'm making this money to have this level of experience. I'm making this money for this concept or this business or these school fees or whatever the case may be. And well, I had a money coach for many years and she said to me, well, John, what do you want to do with your money now that you're making money? And I said, well, I actually don't want to do anything with it. I just want to have freedom with it. She said, don't you want to buy property or invest or that? I said, to be honest with you, maybe I want to invest, but I just don't want to have any property. And in fact, I have nothing. I mean, I have a bank account and some shares. And she said, well, maybe what you should do is give the name, the bank account a name. And I named it the Freedom Fund. So now what I've done is I've given the money an intention, a declaration that this is why I want you to be sitting here so that I can have freedom. And it's given us this intention. That's very important that we give a declaration to what money is useful. Also, another thing that I find very strange that most people don't have is how much money do you want to make in a month? And how often do you visit that number that you want to make every month? Because when I ask people how much they want to make, they said, um, well, you know, just enough or, you know, I've, I've got some ridiculous number, like I want to make $10 million a month. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you should start slower at a number that's a little bit more practical. But truth is that most people just don't even have a number. And ultimately, if you and I are going on holiday, we'll understand the destination of our holiday better than we understand how much money we want to make because we put more planning, effort and research into that destination of the holiday than actually the amount of money. And I got to tell you, man, every time I put a number down of what I want to make, I make it. It happens. I don't know how it happens. Now, off air, you and I have been speaking about what's going on in my career and the dollar-based bookings that I'm getting from around the world. They really are huge amounts of money in the context of South African terms. I don't think they're that huge when you put them in New York terms or London terms, but where we come from and in our South African mindset, that is a lot of money. But I was audacious enough to want to write that down and declare that that is what I want to make. And every morning I revisit that number. And every time I go into a meeting, I kind of remind myself that that's really what I'm aiming at. I want to stop you for a second, because I remember when we, 
we had a, a conversation at Marble in, uh, yeah, in Rosebank. Yeah, wow. I remember. I, remember. I think that's the yeah, second yeah. time we met. Yeah. And uh, I remember you pulled out of your back pocket a little piece of paper that had your intentions and your numbers written on it. Um, and, and that actually instilled that practice for me that, so mm. you, you, you can't see this, but I have a little, uh, a box of, what are the A7 papers that I carry with me and that I write intentions on. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I've got mine. Yeah. Um, so I remember that and I, I, it, it, uh, it made me adopt that practice. What I want to know from you is the number is a difficult part. Because there's a part of us that says, well, we want to go big. So, you know, I, I want to make uh, this ludicrous amount of money. And uh, maybe that should be my number that I write down. Or do I go much more practical, realistic? And I aim for that. Um, and perhaps you feel like you kind of containing yourself. You're not, you're not, you're not in doing that. You cut off the, the opportunity to make a lot more money. You, you get what I'm going with this? Yes, like, I how do. do you, how think, do you decide on that yeah. number? Initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. So two things. I think first thing, let's just explain to everybody. It's a white piece of paper. It's very small. Maybe it's a quarter of an A4 piece of paper. Every morning I write on one side of that A4 or that little piece of paper, my, my declarations for the day, my intentions for the day and every meeting I'm having, how I wanted to uh, pan out. And on the other side, I write the number that I want to earn, the New York Times bestseller that I want to have, how many weeks do I want to be at number one, all those sort of big goals or big intentions or declarations. So that's firstly, let's just explain to the listeners so they know. Second thing is the number has to be something you feel just a little bit uncomfortable with, just a little bit. And so you're stretching yourself because what it is ultimately is that once you've stretched yourself, let's say, let's say you're aiming at a hundred thousand rand a month, right? And you put a hundred thousand rand a month and you've been making like, let's say 40 or 50 or 60 for the, for the longest time. And that hundred thousand rand's just outside, you know, you're not going for a million, you know, it's just a hundred thousand just, and then you'll get and surprising and, and, you know, would love the, the listeners to make comments, reviews or whatever. If you try this and after a couple of months, it starts happening, please let us know because it happens to me every month, right? And so you put that 100,000 and then 100,000 becomes your base mark. And now that becomes normal. That just becomes your level of understanding of what you're worth and what value you're getting back from society. And so once that 100 has been reached for a couple of months, then you move it to 125, 130, you start pushing it, pushing it, and you have no idea how far it goes. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about my turnovers, but I, my turnovers of 15 times from when I started talking, you know, they've gone up that much based on this idea that every day I revisit my GPS coordinates on how much money I want to make. And in fact, I moved it from rands to dollars. And I was like, well, if I'm creating these levels of energy around me, how are we going to carry on growing it? I'll just move the rand to a dollar sign. I kind of moved it because the number is what you want to be focusing on. The currency, I don't, the universe doesn't know currency. <laughs> it just knows numbers. Whether you want to be pounds or you Zimbabwean dollars, that number is going to be coming to you, you know? So that's the thing. And I want to close off with this, Eric. I mean, unless you have any more questions, and I want to just say yeah, one thing. Um, I want to ask you one thing. Which other practices do you have around money? that maybe, maybe one or two other practices that you are constantly doing or revisiting once a month or once a quarter, is there anything apart from the intention setting, the, uh, the piece of paper that you carry with you? Um, in your mind's eye, you must have the capacity to hold this money. So when you close your eyes and you imagine yourself to have a million dollars, how does that million dollars feel in your bank account and in your pocket? Does it feel suffocating? 
or does it feel like it's a small blimp in the big picture? And so you've got to become clear with how do you hold a million dollars and and a billion dollars, whatever you want to be playing with. So I think it's one, your capacity, your direction, your intention, writing it down, revisiting it every day, all the time, so that that becomes part and parcel of your daily practice. And then if you've got a money coach, or if you can find a money coach, find one. If you can do some reading on money, do that. I mean, these people are all out there. All you have to do is scratch the surface and you get to it. Mm. So that's Perfect. kind of that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And so what I want to end off with is this is remember money is like a friend. If you want this friend to hang out with you, be excited when they arrive. Be at ease with them when they flow in and out of your life and love money. There's no reason not to love money. Has money ever hurt you? Did it backstab you? Did it talk badly about you? Did it did it do anything to hurt you? Ultimately, it didn't. And we can forgive people that hurt us. Money never hurt us. So if you are treating this energy of money like a friend that you don't like, for example, when they do come to you, you complain why they don't spend more time with you. And when they are with other people instead of you, you hate them for being with other people instead of you. So what, why would anybody want to hang out with you if you're applying yourself in this form towards this energy of money? So for me, it's like treat it like a friend that you are excited, at ease, and in love with, and watch it pour into your life once you give it some clear indication of what you want to do with it and how much of it you want to engage with on a monthly basis. Mm, I love it, dude. And it's, again, a big part of it comes back to how do we shift our emotional state and our relationship first uh, before the actual physical part of it sort of slots into Mm. place. Well, ultimately, life is an echo, is an echo of what's going on inside our heads, right? So, you know, it's echoing back to us. Thank you. That that was great. And I'd I'd love us to actually revisit the money conversation maybe about six months down the line and uh, and talk about some of the numbers that, not the actual numbers, but like… Did, uh, did the new numbers manifest and did, um, what is the relationship like then, you know, might be a good conversation to revisit every now and then. I agree. And maybe our listeners can also make real comments around, um, their money journey and how Definitely. that's gone for them, you know? Yeah. Okay, Dude, Eric. Thank you so I'll chat much. To you soon. Chat thank soon, you, brother. brother. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.